You are about to encounter the teaching ministry of Bishop Andy Juma. Bishop Andy Juma is the pastor of the Precious Souls Church, a denomination under the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, founded by Bishop Dark Hewitt Moore. Bishop Andy Juma oversees the denomination which has churches in Swaziland and Namibia. The Precious Souls Church is full of zealously affected souls who love and desire to work for the Lord. This anointed message will bring hope, encouragement, and healing to your life. Be transformed as you listen to this message.
Amen. Aha. <laughs> forgive, forgive. Amen. We're in our father's house. Amen. Oh, put your hands together for the choir. You must go to church. You must go to church. You must go to church. Aha. So one morning when you're not feeling like church, just say you must go to church. Azul, and you'll be up. Azul. It's a prophetic word in your life. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's welcome Marlene to the stage to give us a powerful ministration.
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, put your hands together for that administration. Put your hands together for that powerful administration. Amen. Well, Ezekiel 2.2 said, says that as he spake to me, the spirit ended into me. Amen. And put me on my feet this morning with great excitement. Being on your feet, I want us to welcome Bishop Andy Juma to speak a blessing into your life, to speak an increase into your life, and to put you on your feet. Father, we thank you. We bless you for this time. Thank you for your presence that is right by our side. Lord, we want to believe. Lord, we want to feel you today. We ask that, Lord, you will speak to us. Let us not leave here the same. We thank you. We give you praise. And now we stand to bind every work of Satan. We resist him. We declare he has no portion. He has no access even into this time as we come before thy holy and precious words. For David said that you have exalted thy word above all thy name. Now, Lord, I pray that as we come before this elevated word, we will behold wondrous things out of thy Lord. We thank you. We bless you. We give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Wonderful. Well, we want to go into the word of God. Last week, we had Lady Pastor Caroline blessing us all the way from Las Vegas. And um, before that, we were doing this book. Lord, I know you need somebody. I've been teaching from it, and I'll continue teaching from it for the next two to four weeks, God willing. So every day when you come to church, please carry this book. They are the notes of, of the preaching, and it is the sermon. Every scripture I'm going to teach from is already in the book. If you do not have your book, you can get one. Um, it's just, I think, $100. Uh, you can get one even in the service or after the service but in the service if you need one just shoot up your hand and I think um, somebody would assist you um, like I said it's, it's not a free donation it's, it's a book so you, take, you can pay the money after church but we've been looking at chapters 1, 2 and 3 chapter 1 says Lord, I know you need somebody. Chapter 2, Lord, you can depend on me. And today, I just want to touch on chapter 3, which says, Lord, people can't see the gift in me. What a shock. Somebody say, Lord, people can't see the gifts in me. Oh, I say, say, Lord, people can't see the gift in me. So the title of my message today is, Lord, people cannot see the gift in me. Amen. Lord, people cannot see the gift in me. And I'm preaching from chapter 3 of this book, Lord, I know you need somebody. Amen. I really want to encourage you to get a book and study it. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 
44. Is Kevaco here? Kevas not here, okay. Right. I know where people sit. When I scan and I don't see some people, I know that they are not in the church. Matthew 33, Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man has found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and buyeth the food. The King James selleth, buyeth, said, we are confused. Can you give us another version? Or oh, you don't have any other version? Another version. Hideth, goeth, selleth, buyeth, singeth, joyeth, standeth, by thy sideeth. <laughs> We are singing a song in the King James Version. All right. Do you have NLT, any version, any other version? But the Bible says here in Matthew 13, 44, he says, again, again means Jesus was, was talking about something. Okay. Nobody starts a sentence by saying again. Okay. So to understand this, you may have to read the, the preceding verses, but he was speaking in the same context. So he says again, or to emphasize it, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure. Now, how many of us have been to, I don't know which kingdoms are around, kingdom of Eswatini, anybody? Okay, one or two, one or two people. You'll be there, okay. okay. Kingdom of Thailand, nobody, you'll be there. Okay, kingdom of heaven, you'll be there. So, the truth is that at the time Jesus was speaking, he was speaking to people who had not been to the kingdom of heaven. They, 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 they had no clue as to how the kingdom of heaven is like. And so, in teaching us, in causing us, you see, many of us perhaps, if, if, you've, if you've not gone to a place before, there are things that can be said about the place that you can relate with. That even though you've not been there, you can like imagine how it is like and it helps you to understand how the place looks like how the place operates how the place works and you know there are things about every country that is unique very unique you know in some countries it is it's illegal to go out of your house without a certain amount of money in your pocket like Denmark. Like Denmark. If you don't, you must have at least 20 US dollars in your pocket to be outside. So if you are broke, just stay at home. Careful by money. Careful by money. House ministry. Because the police can ask you. In some countries, you must carry your passport with you anytime you are out. You can't be out without your passport. Yes, you can. In some countries, you can't cross the road anywhere. You'll be arrested if you just cross the road anywhere. 
I don't want to say the other one. So Jesus was trying to show us how the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's comparing it with something. He says, it is like unto treasure. Treasure. Hit in a field. So, just picture a large field and there's treasure hit somewhere. And he says, the which when a man has found, all he's saying is that when a man found the treasure, forget about the which, okay, which when a man found the treasure, he hid, he, he hides it. The thing is already hidden. He finds it. Instead of making it open, he also does what? He hides it. And for joy, goes out and sells all that he has and he buys a field. Let me make a comment here. We are talking about Lord. People cannot see the gift in me. Now, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, is like unto treasure hid in the field. It's not like a treasure. Neither is it like a field. It's like a treasure that is hid in the field. Do you get it? Now, sit up, everybody, and listen carefully. Treasures are difficult to find. Like gold. Diamond. What else do you know? Platinum. Uranium. Copper. You see, soil is not treasure. It's everywhere. Stones, everywhere. But pearls, diamonds, they are not everywhere. But they exist. Now, the challenge here is that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hid in a field. Now, if I come to tell you that in this campus or in, in this our church, just imagine, there's a treasure here. And by the way, when you buy a piece of land, one of the conditions is that if you discover treasure on it, you, it's not yours. <laughs> and usually the treasure, you will not discover it on the surface. It's buried deep. Deep on the ground. So if I tell you that there is treasure here, or there are diamonds here, you'll be excited, isn't it? But the question you should ask yourself is, where will I find it? Just this 11,000, whatever. Find it. Even though you'll be excited to hear that there is treasure here, the question is, where is the treasure? So you start digging. 
And the more you dig, the more frustrated you will become because, you see, you will not be told it is in this location. We've only been told that it's in the field. To find it, it's not easy. To find treasure on a field, it's not easy because you have to dig everywhere, little by little, go deep to find it. So the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. What it tells us is that things about the kingdom are not easy to find and to access. Anything spiritual, anything which has to do with the kingdom of heaven, anything which has to do with God's kingdom is hard to find. Because it's a treasure in a field. And it is hid, but the Bible says that a man found it. So the good news is that even though it's hard to come by, it's possible to have it. It's hard to come by, but it's possible to find it. A man finds it, and when he found it for joy, he hid it. He found it. I mean, if I told you that there is diamonds here, you can't tell where it will be, whether it's at the back, it's in front, behind, anywhere. Look, it will take you perhaps a lot of years of consistent searching to find it. And when you find it, the Bible says, this man hid it and he went out and for joy, he, he went out and sold all that he had. All that he had to buy it. You see, when, you, when we talk about the things of God, it is worth trading it in for anything that you have. He sold everything and he bought it. How come it's difficult for some of us to leave certain habits, trade them in, I mean, let it go, sell it out, so that you can have the real treasure of God. Some of you are so good You've left so many things. You are serving God. But there is just one boy left. Just that, just that one boy left. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't imagine how this boy can go out of your life and you will survive. Because of that person, you can be a proper Christian. Just one boy, just one girl. But to, to be able to move on, things about the kingdom, to enjoy your work with God, to enjoy the things of God, you always have to go back for joy of what you have received. You always have to go back and sell everything that you have. Sell your old lifestyle, sell your old books, sell your old magazines, sell your old music, your old CDs, sell your old friends, so that you can have this thing that God has given to you. Do you know that there are some things that are not compatible with Christianity? You can't, that, that, I mean, it doesn't go with it. And many a time you have to tell yourself that, listen here, I have to let this go. I have to let it go. 
it will cost you something to really walk here as if you are in the kingdom of heaven. It will cost you. Because the kingdom of God is like treasure that is found in the field. Now, Lord, people cannot see the hidden treasures in me. Lord, people cannot see the treasures in me. Well, people cannot see the treasures in you because God has hidden them. God has concealed the potential that he has placed in you. There is a great thing in you. There is something that God has deposited in you. But the truth is that just like how when the kingdom of God was described, it was described as a treasure that is hid in the field. In the same way, the gifts of God, the great things of God in our lives, they are hidden. You are like a field with a gem hid in you. You have to believe it. See, there is something hidden in me. See, there is a treasure in me. There is something precious in me. But it is hidden. Many a time when you look at a field, I have not done geology before. I don't know anything about geology. But perhaps you cannot look at a field and say that there are minerals here. I don't know. Maybe there is a way to see. Yes. Help me. Only certain minerals you can tell. Like what? Copper you can tell. How can you tell? He's a specialist. Usually if on the rocks, sometimes when actually is by the, the river bed, because copper when it's wet, it, it, it has that bluish greenish. If you've seen the copper coin, Sometimes when it's wet, it has that greenish, bluish. So those are Some of us don't even know what is a copper coin. But you see that, listen to me, you see that it takes a trained eye to tell that there is something. But for many of us, a rock is a rock. <laughs> a rock is a rock. It's just a stone. And we are moving. It takes a trained eye to tell that, hey, there could be something here. But all things being equal, it's like, oh, it's an everyday occurrence. And I want you to know that sometimes people cannot see the gift in you because to the ordinary eye, you are just ordinary. You are ordinary. But the truth is that even though you look ordinary. God has concealed, God has hidden precious things in you. In you. Now, because it is hidden, do not expect people to identify it with ease. Don't expect it. In fact, don't look for it because they can't see it. It's hidden. If they can see it, then it's not hidden. If they can see it, then it's not hidden. I tell you, there are perhaps presidents sitting here, but we can't see. Perhaps there are business people, 
great business people's tycoons sitting here, but we can't see. One day I was going somewhere with some people and I called a, a, a brother. Everybody should come with a tie. You know, no, no suit, but tie. Tie and shirt and everything. So this guy walked in and he had no tie. So I asked him, where is your tie? He says, Bishop, I'm not a tycoon. He's <laughs> like, tycoons wear tie. I'm not a tycoon. I see you being a tycoon in Jesus' name. There are tycoons sitting here. There are great pastors sitting here. Apostles, bishops, evangelists. But you can't see, we can't see the eyes. How many of you have heard about Billy Graham? Billy Graham is said to be one of the world's greatest evangelists that ever walked the earth. He died not too long ago, but there is a story, I've not researched about him, but there's, a, but there's a story somebody shared with me that when Billy Graham was about eight years old, he went to a function and somebody was preaching. Some other evangelist was preaching in this function. And when the evangelist, when the man made the altar call, nobody came forward except this eight-year-old boy who came and gave his life to Christ. And the man was discouraged that, oh, after all my many prayers and uh, preaching, only, only, only this small boy. And do you know who this small boy was? Billy Graham. And as he stood there, there was a great gift in him. There was a great evangelistic gift and anointed in him. But because it is hidden, nobody could see. Nobody could see. So sometimes people look at you and they will despise you. Despise you. They despise you not because they don't respect you, but outwardly there is nothing that should make them respect you. And the truth is that you have to understand that because it's about the kingdom, it is hate. It is hate. If God works with anybody, and God is no respecter of persons. God can work with children. God can work with young people. God can work with old people. Now, if God starts to work with you and brings you into the kingdom and begins to show you how things are done in heaven, you will tell, you would come to a place where you feel like, ah, but if God is with me, how come that I don't feel the reward of men? But the truth is that in the kingdom, that's how things are. That the things are hidden and they are not seen. And therefore, you will not be easily exposed to the world. So even though you are great and there is something precious in you, people can see. And you know, there are several places that Jesus actually emphasized this truth. Let's look again at um, what he said. He says... He says the kingdom of heaven is like a little living. A little living. Living is yeast. Okay. That a woman took 
and heat in flour. Now, if you do a bit of baking, you might probably know, know what flour is and what yeast is. Okay, now the old word for yeast is living. Now, if you bake with living, do you put more or little? Hilma. A little living. And what does it do? It makes the dough to rise. It makes it to rise. Okay. Now, the truth is that when you put the yeast in the flour, you can't see it. It doesn't change color. The only thing is that you see the effect of that combination. And, and Jesus said, again, that is how the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, even though the, the, the living is there, it's not visible. So you can look at it. And initially, the one with living, the one without living, they look the same. So even though there is something, and you see, living in the Bible does not only refers to sin. Living could also refer to the effect of the Holy Spirit. Because, could actually be the Holy Spirit. Because when you put leaven in the dough, it begins to rise. That the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life makes you to increase, makes you to go higher, makes you to rise, makes Amen. you to, to, to experience a positive change. So sometimes you are there, you are carrying a great anointing, but nobody will see. You know, sometimes I understand how the world sees us. Because when, when you are a Christian, there's nothing, a Christian's face and an unbeliever's face is the same. How you walk and an unbeliever is the, is, is the same. It will take somebody with heavenly eyes to see that inside this person is something supernatural. Otherwise, it's invisible. And because it's invisible, you'll be crying that, Lord, people cannot see the gifts in me. But one thing about the kingdom is that the gifts that is hid in you is not hid forever. It will be discovered. It is meant to be discovered and it shall be discovered. So sometimes, I don't know, I don't know, but let me just ask a few people here. Who are the singers? Tuli, Hilma, Mali. Okay, not to waste time, but I don't ask their ages, but obviously they were not born singing. And when they walked into the church, they were not giving the microphone to start singing the following day. Decide with what? Dancing stars, according to Pastor V. Some of them, I'm sure they joined the choir for years. Before they were even discovered. If, if, even before they were discovered, they hadn't discovered themselves. Somebody had to tell you, try it, sing it. Come, Malin. 
How did you start singing? As soon as you came to church, you said, look, these guys, they are not singing well. Rev Mandela, give me the microphone. Let me show them what it means to sing. Tell us. Is she a good singer? How did you begin your journey to, into singing? Tell us. I've never heard about it. I'm, I just want to hear about it now. But I'm sure I'll be right. Tell us. Um, Bishop, so Rev told me to join the praise and worship. After joining the praise Before and worship, praise and worship, where were you? I was just a regular member. You were just yes, sitting stars. Yes, Bishop. Good. <laughs> so join praise and worship. You could have joined anywhere. You, you could have joined uh, Sunday school teachers, safe teachers, yes. Um, so after joining the praise and worship, um, I was just there in the background for many years. <laughs> Yes. I can't count. <laughs> I've been in the background for many years. I've been in the choir. I only started leading songs in the choir after three to two years. And it's Bishop. Did you have, did Lady Pastor Janika at some point ask you to try something? Yes, Bishop. No, Bishop. <laughs> no, I, you seem to have in, uh, hidden information. Help us with your <laughs> hidden information. Yes, that's a pastor. He cannot lie. <laughs> and I think we are in church too. Amen. Amen. I, I think even the, the first time of Pijanika, I was also in prison worship. <laughs> but, and then, Somebody think, say, I'll be there. I think there, there was, there was a, what is, there was a rehearsal, Bishop. We had a rehearsal on Saturday. And then Alpijanika says that Marlene must try something. And that day, the song didn't work. Didn't work. We tried two hours, Bishop. It was, it was not working. working at all. It was not working. Hey, the same Marlene. The same Marlene, Bishop. It was not working. And at a point, I think, Opijanika had to give it to Mary Love or someone else because it was not working with you. And we tried even in the native languages. It was not working. It was worse. It was worse. <laughs> and for a long time, for a very long time, until I think Marlene's greatest shine was uh, Chinatown. Chinatown is when she really... Yeah. But at Soweto when she started, there was, we were trying, but it didn't work. She had to go to China before she could shine. Uh -huh. Is that true? Yes, Bishop. So, you see, maybe now you are at a level, you are at the Soweto level. You are at the Soweto level of your ministry. You are at the Soweto level of your blessing. You are at the Soweto level of what God is doing in your life. And that is the time when you feel discouraged and you feel like, let me stop this business. But I came to tell you that there is also what? A Chinatown level. A Chinatown level. A time will come when you are going to shine. He says, Berlin's shining time was when we were in Chinatown. There will always come a, a time where you start to shine. But you need to go through Soweto. People are mentioning names. But that is how things work in the kingdom. Don't feel like because God has spoken, God, some of you have had prophecies over your life. 
but as of now nobody has even seen one percent of that thing coming to pass but if it is of god i kept telling that it shall come to pass it shall come to pass it shall come to pass don't be disturbed that nobody can recognize it now don't be disturbed it's like a treasure that is hit in a field. But you have to believe that there's something in you. There's a treasure in me. That it has not been seen yet. It doesn't matter. When I started, thank you, Molly. When I became a pastor many years ago, I didn't have church members, Asa. <laughs> I'm talking about when I started my first mission. Then by the grace of God, I got a church member. In fact, I went to preach somewhere. And there was a lady in that room. She was heavily pregnant. I remember very well. So when I finished preaching, she called me and said, you know, I want to join your church but I want to give birth first. But I have other children. No, I said, I have a child. I'll send the child to you. So on Sunday morning, I get a call and the woman tells me, can you pick my child to church? I go and I see an eight-year-old boy. Or at the seven, grade two, seven years. And I'm telling myself, ah, people don't respect at all. You don't, I mean, a man of God like me. <laughs> Come and pick a church member, somebody in safe church. But I took that boy seven years. I took him to church. And look, the boy followed, even there were times when I'll be so busy. I won't go and pick him. He will find his way to church. His brother will send him. Go to church. Follow Pastor Andy. Follow him. Follow him. Follow him. So this boy was in church. Then one day, the boy told me, oh, my mother has given birth. So I said, oh, now I'm going to have grown-ups in the church. When the mother gave birth, You know, we have what we call naming ceremony. Some kind of a ceremony that is made to give a name to the child. So, it's like a baby dedication in, in the house. So, the mother called me and said, Pastor, my baby has come. I need you to come and do the ceremony for me. So, I said, oh, when? He said, Saturday. Now, before this, I used to join, there is a bishop called Bishop Jake. At that time, it was called Reverend Jake. He used to be my missions director. Now, every Saturday, when he has weddings, funerals, baby dedication, engagements, lobola, he will call me. And he says, come along. So for me, I learned practical ministry from him. 
Saturday mornings. So now I'm alone on the mission field and I have to do my first baby, uh, whatever, naming ceremony. I was full of faith to go and do this thing. Friday, I got a call from this, my potential church member. And he says, eh, Pastor, you know, can you come and see me? I said, okay. Maybe we are going to draw the program and do everything. When I go to her house, she said, you know, um, then she mentions somebody's name. It was like a senior Christian in the community. Says that, no, she advised that another pastor who is not in our church, from another church who is older. This pastor, I was 25 years old, and this pastor was about 52 years old at the time. His children were like my age group. Yeah. He should come and do the naming ceremony. So that's why. So, I think you are too, you are like a small boy type of pastor. You are not married. Don't know children. Don't know. You can't do it. So I said, oh, really? Say, yeah. I said, no problem. So I said, so what can I do? So you can come and just be a floor member. Oh, after all this picking of your child. I said, no problem. So I went for the ceremony. And I was asked to give the open prayer. Even that one was by grace and respect so this outside pastor came did everything and left so I didn't even know who had given this woman the advice but later on I found out and I realized that you know in the community or in the town people were like you are a pastor but you are not a proper pastor you are too young because the, 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 the impression of a pastor Yes, you must be big with some beard and some pot belly. Then, yeah, you are a man of God. But this type of, you know, you have a concave stomach. We are not sure. I said, wow. But I kept at it. I kept at it. I kept at it. I kept at it. The same community at a point. Then when even people have functions outside the church, they don't want to call their pastor. They want to call me. You see, because there comes a time when that which is hidden is brought to forth. But you must be able to, to, to understand that even though man is not seeing it, you are seeing it and you believe in it. You believe in it. When men say that they don't feel that God is with you, don't worry. Tell yourself that God is with me right by my side. God is here. He must be in the room with me right by my side. Even though people can say, we can't feel your church. We can't feel any power in your church. We can't feel your Christian. It doesn't matter. There will come a time when they will feel your church. There will come a time they will feel your Christianity. There will come a time they will feel your God. They will feel your prayer. 
One day a woman called me. She said, Pastor, talk to my husband. I said, what's the problem? He said, you know, my husband almost beat me. Christian husband. So I want to ask the Christian husband that, how can you do that? Then he said, Pastor, you can't believe what is happening in my house. I said, I said what is happening? He said, my daughter was very sick in the house. I wasn't home. About to die. And can you believe that of my wife taking my daughter to the hospital? I came to find her praying over her. So I was confused. I didn't know whether to say, oh, it's wrong or it's right. But what if the child really died? So I was confused and I said to him, I said, sir, my wife is a Christian. And the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible encourages us to pray for the sick. Then the man told me that, yes, I know, I know. But my wife's prayers, they don't work. That's why I expect her to carry the child to the hospital because me, I know my wife that her prayers, they don't work. Maybe you don't have a husband yet who will be telling you your prayers don't work, but there are people around you who are saying that this guy, his prayers don't work. Why would, why, why would a close associate say your prayers don't work? Because they have seen you pray and no results. But I came to tell that even though you prayed and there were no results, keep praying. A day will come, there will be clear manifestation of the results of your prayer. Keep praying. Keep believing in your prayers. Keep praying. There is a gift in you, but it is hidden. So people cannot see and therefore they despise you. So, Lord, people cannot see the gift in me. Prophet says in the book how many times he's been to places to minister and it's like the honor that is given him is very low. But as he kept going to the same place, suddenly the honor changes. And that's how it is. Those of you who want cheap seats overnight, you have an evil spirit. I'll tell the truth. It's an evil spirit. In the kingdom, the way up is the way down. The way up is the way down. If I tell you my journey, you won't believe it. But I've had to be where, like, be somewhere there. 
slowly I'm sitting here. What it tells me that there is somebody also sitting somewhere here. But probably in the next 15, 16, 17, 18 years, you'll be the person sitting here. Yes. Today we don't even, when we call Bacenta, Bacenta leaders, we don't even call you. Now, prophet says that anytime they were raising leaders in SU, he was never called. Never called. Because, see, there are some people, when you look at them, they look very pastoral, very uh, prophetic. But some of us, we, we don't even look like shepherds. We don't look, we are so unassuming. But you have to believe that there's a treasure in you. Put your hands together for the Lord. So the next thing is, he says that, Lord, my biological father cannot see the gift of God in me. Your father will not see the gift of God in you. <laughs> my biological mother cannot see the gift of God in me. Your biological mother cannot see the gift of God in you. You know, when, 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 when I go home, my, father, my mother doesn't call me bishop. He calls me Andy. Come here, sit here. And I'm moving. Lord, my biological brothers and sisters cannot see the gift of God in me. When you start out, your biological brothers, they can't see the gift of God in you. For years, I think my siblings didn't even believe in me. Until I think one day, 2014, I was in UK. Then I went to look for my sister, who had been living there for some time. And I remember even I was discouraged. You know, I was flying out the same day, the same afternoon. And I said, I, I can't be here and not go and see her. Then suddenly she called me. She said, my brother, where are you? I said, I'm far, very far. And he said, look, come. I said, look, I have to catch my flight. She said, come. I said, why must I come? Then she said, how can you come and be a blessing to UK and not bless me? Then I said, how? They said, look, I've been following you on Facebook. So if it wasn't for Facebook, no, no, no. So I remember going to her workplace. And when I finished talking to her, she said, won't you pray for me? Then I knew that she had seen something. So I held her and I prayed over her. Then she went into her purse and found some pounds. Bless me. But it will take time for that brother in your house to believe in you. Don't think that because you pray in tongues louder than everybody in the house, they will believe in you. They think that you are a nuisance. Lord, my countrymen cannot see the gift of God in me. They said that about Jesus in Nazareth. It is not a carpenter's son. They will never believe you. They will not. It won't, it, won't, it won't come so easily. Lord, great men of God cannot see the gift of God in me. Even great men of God. And because of time, I'll end here. Let's just look at the scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're not going to read the whole scripture, but just 
maybe verse 6 and verse 7. Can somebody read for us? So in 1 Samuel 16, God had decided to raise a new king in Israel because he had rejected the then king, Saul. So he sent Samuel the prophet. Now, this guy called Samuel, he was a very unique man. He was so anointed that the Bible says when he came to the city, the elders of the city would tremble. We, when we come around, they don't even see that a pastor has come. But this guy, when he comes, the elders will tremble. And let's see what happens in First Samuel chapter 16. So he goes into the house of Jesse and he begins to look for the one that God wants to anoint. So can, can somebody read verse 6 for us? Okay, and it came to pass when they were come that he looked at Eliab. Eliab is one of the sons of Jesse, David's brother. No, 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 verse 6, go back. Okay, and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So they saw this guy. He looked like, I don't know, maybe Chris or Asa, some huge guy. When they saw, he saw the shoulders and the biceps, wow. That's what I'm saying. There are some people, they look very pastoral. They look, you see, they say, hey, this one. Verse 7. Next verse. But the Lord said to Samuel, now Samuel wasn't a basenta leader. He was the prophet of the time. He was the seer. An experienced man of God. And God told him that look not at the countenance, which means out how the person appears, appearance. Or on the height. It's almost like if you, if you are not tall, there's no calling around your life. Don't look at the countenance appearance or the height of his stature because I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as man seeth then he explains for man, how does man see? for man looketh on the outward appearance but the Lord looketh at the heart when the Bible says the heart, he's not talking about that organ that is here that is pumping blood, but he's talking about the inner man. God looks deep within. Deep within. And when a man of God, at his best, he's still a man. And he can make a mistake. So when a man of God rejects you, cannot see the gift of God in you. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. You know, when I got born again, I was 13 years. When I joined Lighthouse, I was 15 years. I'm sure there are 15-year-old people sitting here that nobody can predict that maybe in 20 years' time, they'll become convenience. 
Apostle, when you joined the church, you were a young girl, I'm told. How old were you? 14. Look at that. 14. Are there 14 years here? Yeah. Let me see. Stand up, stand up. 14. One, two. 14 year old girls. No, you are a boy. I beg you, sit down. You see, we may look at these girls and we will say that, ah, clear off. <laughs> when grown-ups are talking, don't talk. Keep quiet. Go home and cook and go and help your mother to wash the dishes. But I tell you, I tell you, when she walked into the church at 40, she, she looked like this. I'm even sure this one's looking to be more powerful, more meaty than her. And great men of God may not see the gift of God in you. But you don't have to worry. At all. Maybe today, because the church has grown to some point, we can probably have some respect but in those days when she came in, I'm sure I mean, I don't, years back, oh, you'll be like us, but there'll be seniors here. Please sit down. But in those 14 year old girls could be great ministers of God, great evangelists, great missionaries, great apostles, great bishops. But when the men of God are meeting, don't say that. Look. Don't you know that I also have a call? You know, when I was in the university, we used to have elders where they like campus pastors. Then one day, when we have an IPTV, we used to meet like Saturday, uh, sorry, Tuesdays. So Tuesdays, we come to church 6 o'clock, 6 to 8, or half past 8. And then after that, the meeting is that there will be IPTP sessions after service. There's no time. So one day we were there when we heard that, oh, uh, Bishop says there will be a meeting after, after service. So we were waiting. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And it was, he was in his office. Then we chose a captain that go and remind him that. Just in case he has forgotten that we are here. Because now everybody is gone. We had only smoked at 11 p.m. So we sent a leader. Now please, go ahead. Maybe he has forgotten that we are here. So we sent somebody and the person went. As the person was coming back, we knew there was a problem from his face. <laughs> person said, he says we should wait. So we were there. 12. Around 12.15 he came and he invited us to another office. The first thing we received were fire. And there was a whole teaching on waiting. That waiting. Yes, wait. How to wait. 
I remember that thing more than all the sessions we have had. I don't remember the session, what he told, but I remember that thing, the experience. Wait. Still, we didn't learn our lesson. One day we were there, because, you see, we were handled like pastors, but we were not. The one day we had, a, we had a certain, after church, all pastors should wait. Where are the basement? So we saw the pastors going, then we also followed them. And at that time, like prophet used to really pamper us and value us. Took us like the jam. So the original pastors, they couldn't rebuke us to say, go away. Because you may never know. So we joined them. When prophet came, he saw us. So what are you guys doing here? Quickly. But that's not a problem. The problem is, Later on, when he met us, you see, because at the point we felt like we are also doing ministry, we are also called, and he was using us to preach very well. But you see, even though you feel great, don't expect that your greatness will be recognized. At a certain level. So some of you are like very good pastor leaders. You have large numbers and all that. But I beg you, you are not a pastor. And even though there might be a pastor who might probably have not what you have, you are not where he is. And there are some things that you can't handle. Great men of God, they may not even recognize the gift in you. Samuel, if Samuel could not, I'll be professional about how when he started this church, so many men of God despised him. But sometimes, God blinds people so that he can hide you and release you at the right time. So, Lord, I know you need somebody. But again, you can be shouting and crying that, Lord, the people around me, they can't see your gift in me. But that doesn't mean that there's no gift in you. There's a gift in you. Once you are in the kingdom, there's a treasure that is hidden in you. And you must sell everything and go and pay for that gift. If you can pay for that gift, the gift will be made manifest. There's always a price to pay. In this kingdom work, there's always a price to pay. And as you pay the price, you come to limelight. Rise to your feet and let's go. Hallelujah. Can we try our song one last time? I'm asking us to try it because some of you have literally forgotten the song. Even as we are here, you have forgotten. So let's try it.
Media, are you ready? Okay, all the prisoners worship team, come. Let me have about three or four of you here to help. A one. A two. A three. Beautiful. Microphone, test the microphone. One, two, one, two. One microphone for Lisseli. Mic check. No microphone for Lisseli, no problem. We are waiting for you, Mr. DJ.
altar service you want to say pastor i want you to pray for me i want to give my life to jesus i don't know whether i'll go to heaven when i die i'm not born again i'm not sure of my salvation but today i want to be sure i want to give my life to the lord please pray for me you are here like that with our eyes closed and our heads bowed and our hands down i just want you to lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you just your right hand hands above your heads. Pastor, please pray for me. I'm just closing the service. We are just closing the service in the next five minutes. We're going to be out of here. But they want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I don't want to die and go to hell. Please pray for me. You are here like that. Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Just your right hand. Just your right hand. Just your right hand. Father, we thank you and we give you glory. We bless you. We pray that we shall preserve that gift that you have placed in us. Thank you that we will not give up because men don't recognize your gift in us. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit Bishop Andy Juma podcast channel for more messages and the Precious Souls Church social media pages for more information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages weekly. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind.